At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. We eagerly wait with anticipation for the return of Jesus, when He will make everything wrong right. In a way, He's always reigned over all things, but on the other hand, His saving grace has received pushback and rejection from the evil of this world. Join us in our new series, Thy Kingdom Come, His Reign in Our Lives where we'll learn what the reign of Jesus truly means for us believers and how we, as the body of Christ, can continue spreading his name until he returns. I want to jump right in this morning and ask you a very personal question. Where are you this morning? I don't mean what building are you in. Not really interested in the address of said building. That's too easy. What I mean is where are you this morning? What headspace are you in today? What is the posture of your heart? Are you fully engaged in worship of Almighty God? Are you struggling to focus this morning? You'd say, Pastor, you didn't hear what happened in the car on the way here. It was a little skirmish. You're thinking about the Lions game this afternoon. You've got a big meeting in the office this week that right now you're having a hard time pushing to the side. If you were anything like our White Lake staff team, you've got cars breaking down, you've got massive home repairs and medical bills piling up. That is the stuff of life. And if we're going to be real with each other, right out of the gate this morning, it can be hard not to get stressed, not to feel pressure, not to be overwhelmed and even really deeply concerned about all of those things, even when you're in the church building, even when you've gathered for worship, your head and your heart can be burdened by those things. So allow me to ask the question one more time. Are you ready to engage with God's word and allow it to mold and shape you this morning? Believer, where's your head today? What is the posture of your heart this morning? You see, these are important questions to consider as we begin our time in God's word together because they are the very issues that Jesus is addressing in our text today. He asks those very same questions. Church, we are looking at something called the parable of the sower. It is a text that is familiar to many of us. But what might not be familiar to many of us is we actually consider the parable of the sower, some might suggest it's actually better referred to as the parable of the soil. Because what Jesus is addressing is the soil. And we're going to dive into that parable in just a moment. But before we do that, let's pray together. Gracious, holy, righteous God. You have invited us here to meet with us in this moment. 
you have summoned us to be in this space, to be here, to hear from you. So God, may I get out of the way and may your people hear your word. God, help us to put aside the distractions. Some may be weighing deeply on our hearts this morning. Some may be trivial. Whatever it is, God, would you allow our hearts and our minds to to push those things aside for the next 20, 25, 30 minutes. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you speak to us through your word? And so for you to do that, God, we ask for eyes to see the truth as we read it together. God, we humbly ask for ears to hear and humble hearts before you. That we might not only see the word and hear the word, but actually live the word. Meet with us now. Do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, most scholars believe that Mark's uh, writing was used as source material for the other two Gospels, the other two synoptic Gospels specifically, both Matthew and Luke's Gospel accounts. And what you need to know about Mark's Gospel, we're a few weeks in, so I just want to remind you a couple things about it. It is the most concise of all the Gospel accounts. It is direct. It is hard-hitting. It gets right to the point. You might say, well, what is the point? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. We've gone over it in each of the first two weeks. We're going to go over it again. I'm going to take you right back to Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Jesus proclaims the purpose of his ministry. He said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus proclaims that with his presence, the Messiah has arrived. Everything has now changed. And the only right response is repentance of sin and belief in the good news. That's the point. That is the point. So this morning, we are going to look at Mark chapter 4. And what we're going to be doing is considering uh, the teaching method that Jesus uses. I want to place a special emphasis on the teaching method called a parable. Now, many of us have heard that term. Many of us might have a, a kind of an idea, but I want to go over specifically what is a parable and why in the world did Jesus use them so often? So let's start with a working definition. A working definition of a parable is this. It is most clearly defined as a story with two levels of meaning. It's a story told with two levels of meaning. And Jesus used this teaching method to communicate about the kingdom of God that was now at hand and to invite people to participate in it. I'm going to tell you a story that's going to highlight the kingdom of God. And I want you to participate. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to experience it. So let's grab our Bibles and read that familiar parable. 
learn together a little bit more about God's kingdom. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be looking right at that beginning of Mark, uh, Mark chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 1. Now we're reading a fair portion of text today, so I want you to track with me. You can track along behind or in your church Bibles, but Mark chapter 4, we're going to pick up the story at verse 1. Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat on the sea. The whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. That's the setting. And he was teaching them from many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some feed fell along the path and the birds came and they devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and they choked it and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive. They may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And so he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? For the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, they immediately fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. We've got four different kinds of soil. There's some hard and tough to work with. There's others that is softer and more pliable and fertile. And what Jesus does here in this text is he uses soil as a, as a way to teach his followers and to help his followers to condition, to understand the condition of the human heart. He ties the softness of the soil with the condition 
of the heart. Now, certainly he's not speaking of heart in a medical sense. He's speaking of the heart in a spiritual sense. So when the seed of truth is sown, Jesus calls man to consider the condition of the soul or the heart of the hearer. Essentially, he's asking the question, how's your heart? How's your heart? So church, let's begin working through this parable. I want to understand and be able to process the significance of the four different souls. For each soul, what we're going to look is how the seed is cast, and then we will consider what that produces, okay? So we're going to unpack each of these, and we're going to start with verses 1 through 4, and what we're going to see is the setting once again. Again, he, Jesus, begins to teach. He's set up by the sea, and a very large, large crowd gathered around him. Now, throughout this series, we've picked up the fact that Jesus is on the move, he's doing ministry, people are following him, and he's giving them, you know, much to follow, much to track with, and much teaching. And so he continues. As the crowd gathers, he gets out into the boat, and he set it out on the sea. The whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So that is the backdrop, and then he is teaching. He was teaching many things in parables, and his teaching said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell among the path. And the birds came, and they devoured it. See, the fields in this region were typically long, and they were typically pretty narrow. And in doing that, what ends up happening is there is the row of planting, but there is also the foot pattern or the foot traffic or the traffic for the wheels to work through and be in this different kind of field space. So you've got the plant where the seed is thrown, and then you've got these these rows. They're hard. They're hard from being walked on and wheels running over them. And if there are any gardeners among us, you know that it is really tough to plant anything in hard soil. It's very difficult. So skip down to verse 15, and Jesus tells his listeners what that produces. And these are the ones that are along the path. Where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. This first soil reveals to us a hard heart. The first soil displays a hard heart. Now, practically speaking, this is a heart that hears the word. You hear it read, you hear it preached, you hear it taught, and yet it has absolutely no impact. These people are resistant to the word of the Lord. That's what Jesus is helping us understand in this text. He said, you are resistant to the word. Now, here's the reality. Maybe there is personal trauma in your past. Maybe there is spiritual abuse. Maybe you come to the text and you have tremendous doubt. You read the scripture and you are afraid Maybe you've seen an entire lack of authentic biblical living by believers and you're saying, you know what, I've seen all that and that impacts my view of God's word. And so the word of the gospel, it takes no root in the soil. 
One theologian describes it this way, and I think this is really helpful. He calls it gospel deafness. Gospel deafness. Now let me say this. If you were here this morning, because someone loves you and invited you here today, you don't really want to be here, but because they invited you and you love them, you have shown up. May I encourage you, may I plead with you for the next few moments for you to engage, to listen, to consider the word of God. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not talking about my words. My words are fleeting. But what I want to invite you into is to hear the word of the Lord. For just the next few moments, see if it will penetrate your head and your heart. It is my prayer that there will be an openness to God's word in your life as we process this text together. Now, Jesus moves to the, a second seed. We've moved beyond the hard soil of the hard heart to a, another type of soil. So let's look back at Mark 4, pick it up at verse 5. He says, Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. You see, the area where the seed would be planted in this part of the world is not like the Midwest. It is not these big, wide-open, sprawling landscapes like we have when we take a trip up north. It didn't look like that. And so in this setting, the seed was cast, and it was cast on kind of rocky terrain. Some of that terrain had this kind of thin layer of dirt or soil that resided on top of the rocks. And so the seed was cast, and it could land in the, in the dirt, and it could root and pop up quickly. But it had no depth. It had no real root. So let's skip down to verses 16 and 17. Jesus then explains what that produces. He said, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. There is not a deafness to it. It is received. And they have no root in themselves, but they endure for a little while. And then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of that word, immediately they fall away. The second soil Jesus highlights is what we'll call a shallow heart. This reveals a shallow heart. There is receiving of God's word. There's even excitement. But the word of God never takes root in the human heart. We know this because trials or challenges come, tough things come. And let me say this to you, believer, if you have not experienced tough things, buckle up, they're on the way. Don't come to the text thinking that it's just going to be bubblegum and rainbows all the time. It's just, you know, that is not what we're talking about. Trials, challenges, tough things come. And the word fails to grow and flourish. What starts with excitement 
quickly wanes. Pastor Mark Dever describes this as quickly green and quickly gone. Quickly green, quickly gone. Church, this uh, shallow soil calls for a pastoral moment. need to get brutally honest here. When we consider this type of soil, it's kind of tough to talk about. I mean, really, when we consider this type of soil, it is sort of tough to talk about because so much of contemporary Christianity looks like this. When things are going well, being a Christian is good. It's respectable to be a Christian in the community. Oh, those folks go to church. That's great. When things get a little tough, Cultural pressures push against the gospel, push against what you know to be true in God's word, and walking in his ways wanes. It disappears. There's a, supernatu- there's a superficial nature to that type of faith. Outside things come in and they take precedence over the things of God. It's a faith based in convenience. Frankly, it's weak. That's why it doesn't grow. It's green for a moment, and then it's gone. Now, here's where it's hard, because it would be easy for us to think of people in our lives who we could think of, well, yeah, that's how they live. That was their experience. I've watched that type of soil. But I want us, in this moment, to examine our own hearts. I want each of us right here where we are in this moment to examine our own hearts. Maybe you've been here at Woodside White Lake for a very long time. Maybe you come every single week. Maybe you're investigating the faith. You're kind of dipping your toe in the pool to see if the water is warm. I want to invite you to keep coming. Keep investigating. Keep listening. Keep reading the word of God. But if you have been a believer for any length of time, I hope you hear the challenge in this text in this moment. We are called to listen to the word. We're called to read it for ourselves. We are called to engage with others in biblical community. That's why we encourage you to do that. And as you're hearing this text today, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you in this moment, listen. Listen. Now, I highlighted three things there. Listening, reading, and engaging. Because that is what we offer at Woodside. That is the plan that we have put in place for you and your family to grow some roots. So let's unpack those a little bit. Listening, that happens here on a Sunday morning in church in the different places around our campus. It also can happen during the week when you listen to our podcast. Every week we produce a podcast of the sermon, and so you can find that on Spotify or iTunes. That gives you an opportunity to listen to the Word of God. Then there's reading. This happens in many places, none more significant than immerse. Our Bible reading experience. That's going to be starting next week. And I'm going to give you some more details about that later in our service. But there's reading the scriptures. 
And then there's engaging in biblical community. This is our life group ministry. So if you are looking for a place to read the word, listen to the word, study the word, process the word, it happens best in a life group. And let me be clear about something. Life groups are not Christian social clubs. That's great that you have Christian friends. I hope you do. I hope you experience community. But here, we desire for you to be in a gospel-centered community rooted in the Word of God. And so as your pastor, every single person here, consider this your invitation to move beyond Shallow soil. Now let's look back at the text. See the next soil that Jesus teaches us about. Look at Mark uh, verses 5 and 6. It said, other seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain. Once again, the soil is not wide, uh, open, productive as God would desire. It's instead filled with with thorns. What this means is that it actually does take root. The word is heard, it's processed, takes a little bit of root, and then it grows for a season. But only for a season. Skip down to verses 18 and 19. Jesus explains what this produces. And others are the ones sown among thorns, They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. This third soil reveals a distracted heart. Jesus helps you and I to see a distracted heart among the thorns. Now, this is a tough one, isn't it? And if we're going to be brutally honest with each other, this is a tough one because every single one among us would actually like the latest iPhone. We'd like the latest tech. We'd like the new truck. We would. I think if any of us had a choice, if you could have a brand new truck or a truck that's like 10 years old with 150,000 miles on it, it's really not a hard call. But the question that every single one of us must consider is, at what cost? What's the cost? For us to have that new thing, what is the cost in our lives? How is our faith being stunted because of our desire for a little more or a little newer or a little bigger? How's our faith being stunted? perhaps let me ask it another way. How is your faith suffering because of the financial idols in your life? I know this is really kind of a hard topic to talk about now because inflation is up and I realize that our money does not go as far as it did maybe five years ago. I get it. And yet the desire that each of us has for a little more money a little longer vacation, a promotion to a little better paying job, just a little bit more of what the world is offering just might be the thing that is destroying our faith. 
And you see, these things aren't bad in of themselves. But they should never get in the way of the only thing that will truly bring satisfaction to the human heart. And that is Jesus and his word. That's it. Those things fill a temporary need Jesus satisfies for eternity. So don't allow your faith to get strangled out by those things. Repent of that sin and believe and trust and live in the gospel. Now, church, we finally get to the fourth soil. It's been a long time coming. You're like, Pastor, those three are hard ones. I'm really looking forward to that fourth soil. So let's turn to Mark 4.8. And the other seeds fell into good soil, and it produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. Finally, Jesus gets to some good news. The soil that is dropped does not bounce off hard soil. It takes root. It gets established and it overcomes the distractions and the adversity of all the other stuff that we've looked at. Finally, there is a soil soil that produces and yields. Skip down to verse 20. See how Jesus closes out this teaching. He said, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones that hear the word. (laughs) They are the ones who accept it, and they are the ones that bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. The fourth soil reveals to you and to me a fertile heart. Jesus helps us see the significance of a fertile heart. You see, in the Old Testament book of Genesis, when a crop yielded a hundredfold, it was a sign of tremendous blessing. And that's exactly what happens when we truly hear and accept and trust God's word. When we receive the truth of God's word in our lives and then it penetrates our hearts, it penetrates our existence, it penetrates our families, and then it spreads. It spreads to our families, our communities, our schools, our workplace. You see, God's people are blessed by being with God in his word and through being a blessing to others. That's God's plan. That's the way it works. This is why Jesus told his disciples these famous words in John's gospel, chapter 15. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. It's right there. The way one theologian puts it, he says, a fruitless Christian is an oxymoron. Doesn't work that way. You see, ultimately, as followers of Jesus Christ, you and I find that Jesus' reign, his kingdom, is accomplished in our lives only through a humble response to his word. Only when we come to it humbly. So, White Lake family, may God find your heart and my heart fertile, 
for him to do his work in us and through us. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.